Welcome to January the 4th, which goes by many names. It's National Trivia Day, according to nationaldaycalendar.com. It's also National Spaghetti Day and National Missouri Day. Two more pieces of information you might not necessarily need to know, but there you are. Another piece of information is that this is Charlottesville Community Engagement. Who is the host? Send me your best guess. On today's show, a winter storm has caused various delays and power outages through the region, with the effects still being felt this morning. The Architectural Review Board in Albemarle County seeks changes to a three-story self-storage building proposed at the intersection of US 250 and Crozet Avenue. The Blue Ridge Health District will hold a town hall on the pandemic tonight, and people between the ages of 12 and 15 are now eligible for the Pfizer booster. Governor Youngkin appoints more staff as well as key positions in veteran services. Virginia sets up a mortgage relief fund, and the Smith Aquatic Center will remain closed. Today's subscriber-supported public service announcement goes out to Camp Albemarle, which has for 60 years been a wholesome, rural, rustic, and restful site for youth activities, church groups, civic events, and occasional private programs. Located on 14 acres on the banks of the Mormons River near Free Union, Camp Albemarle continues as a legacy of being a Civilian Conservation Corps project that sought to promote the importance of rural activities. Camp Albemarle seeks support for a plan to winterize the Hamner Lodge, a structure built in 1941 by the CCC and used by every fourth and fifth grade student in Charlottesville and Albemarle for the study of ecology for over 20 years. If the campaign is successful, Camp Albemarle could operate year-round. Consider your support by visiting CampAlbemarleVA.org. Thousands of homes throughout the region continue to be without power. A day after a winter storm charged through the area, one day after temperatures that were in the 60s. Downed tree branches due to heavy snow have necked out power lines. As of 9 a.m. this morning, Dominion Energy reported 21,152 customers without power in Albemarle and 4,619 customers in Charlottesville. Nearly all customers in Louisa remained without power as the sun rose. Around two-thirds of Fluvanna customers were without power. Consult Dominion's outage map for more updated information. The storm canceled the meetings of both the Louisa County Board of Supervisors and the Charlottesville City Council last night. Louisa will meet tonight, beginning at 5 p.m., to select a chair and vice chair before going into closed session. The new City Council will meet tomorrow at 5.30 p.m. to go into closed session before an open session scheduled for 6.30 p.m. Trash service in the city of Charlottesville was delayed yesterday and has been canceled for today. That will mean a two-day delay for city residents beginning tomorrow, when Monday's service will resume. The service week will conclude on Sunday. Elsewhere in Virginia, I-95 south of D.C. remains closed at publication, with reports of thousands of stranded drivers. That includes Senator Tim Kaine. 
The Omicron surge continues in Virginia, with the Virginia Department of Health reporting another 15,449 new cases, and the percent positivity statewide has now increased to 29.9 percent. The percent positivity in the Blue Ridge Health District is at 22.8 percent, and there are 326 new cases. District officials will hold a virtual town hall meeting tonight beginning at 7 p.m., and the main topic is local guidance on new CDC rules related to quarantine and isolation following a diagnosis. On Monday, the Food and Drug Administration expanded the use of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine in three ways. Individuals between the age of 12 and 15 will be able to get a single booster dose. They've also allowed a shortening of the time between completion of the first two doses and the booster to a minimum of five months. Thirdly, children between 5 and 11 with certain immunocompromised conditions will also be able for a third shot of the primary series. According to a press release, the FDA analyzed data from Israel where the booster has been authorized to those between 12 and 15. They argue the data shows the benefits of protection from new variants outweighs the potential risks. If you or someone you know is having trouble paying your mortgage, the Commonwealth Virginia has a new relief program. Applications are now open for the program, which follows on the heels of the Virginia Rent Relief Program. Here's a statement from a press release from outgoing Governor Ralph Northam. The Commonwealth has implemented rent and mortgage relief programs through designated state and federal resources. Combined, these programs have provided more than $519.5 million in 106,621 rent relief payments for more than 76,500 households across Virginia. The funding source for the new program comes from the U.S. Department of Treasury's Homeowners Assistance Fund. To be eligible, households need to demonstrate a reduction of income after January of 2020. For more information, visit virginiamortgagerelief.com. Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin will take office in less than two weeks, and he continues to flesh out his cabinet. Yesterday, he named a chief of staff and other top positions. Richard Cullen will serve as counselor, Jeff Gottman will serve as chief of staff, and Rebecca Glover will be assistant chief of staff and communications director. Eric Moeller will be a position called the chief transformation officer. Cullen is a senior partner at the law firm McGuire Woods, who served as attorney general in 1997 in Virginia. Previous clients have included former Vice President Mike Pence and former FIFA President Sepp Blatter. Learn more about the appointments in a release on the Transition website. This morning, Youngkin appointed Craig Crenshaw to serve as his Secretary of Veterans and Defense Affairs. Crenshaw is a former Marine who is currently the president of Claxton Logistics Services. Dan Gade will be the commissioner of the Department of Veteran Services. Gade is a veteran of the Second Iraq War who lost his right leg in 2005. He is the co-founder of the Independence Project and was also the Republican nominee for the U.S. Senate in the 2020 race won by Senator Mark Warner. There are eight days to go until the 2022 General Assembly begins, and the volume of pre-filed bills is still low enough to report. Once the section begins, action will move fast. Senator John Cosgrove, a Republican from Chesapeake, filed a bill requiring the state registrar to amend death certificates within 30 days if there is new evidence and information. 
Senator Barbara Favola, a Democrat of Arlington, filed legislation to establish a foster care prevention program intended to encourage children to be placed with relatives. Senator Favola has another bill that would establish the School Health Services Committee to provide guidance on any proposals that might require local school boards to provide health services. Senator Mamie Locke, Democrat from Hampton, filed a bill to amend the State and Local Government Conflict of Interests Act to exempt gift tickets or admission fees if the responsible person is using them to perform official duties. Delegate Ronnie Campbell, a Republican from the 24th District, wants to add zoos to the list of entities from which animals can be seized if they are being treated cruelly. Incoming delegate Karen Greenhall, a Republican from the 85th District, would require absentee ballots to be sorted by precinct. She also submitted a bill to require the State Registrar of Vital Records to transmit a list of recent deaths to the Department of Elections on a weekly basis for the purpose of taking the deceased off the voter rolls. Currently, they must do so monthly. Delegate Bill Wiley, a Republican from the 29th District, filed a bill to provide enhanced retirement benefits for juvenile detention specialists. Incoming Delegate Tim Anderson, a Republican from the 83rd District, would limit the power of a governor's declaration of emergency to 45 days without General Assembly approval. Delegate Glenn Davis, a Republican from the 84th District, has a bill that would prevent localities from placing minimum wage and benefit requirements on contractors when they are procuring services from them. Delegate John McGuire, a Republican from the 56th District, would require school principals to notify law enforcement of any acts that could be construed as a misdemeanor. McGuire has another bill seeking permission for the town of Louisa to appoint between five to seven members to an economic development authority. Currently, the code specifies seven. McGuire has another bill that would allow individuals who work as both an employee and a volunteer for a public entity to be able to earn overtime for the employment portion of their service. Senator Travis Hackworth, a Republican from the 38th District, filed a bill to require the chief of police of a dissolved department to relinquish records to the sheriff of that locality. Seems pretty specific. Hackworth has another bill that would move the deadline for political subdivisions to provide information on emergency sheltering capacity to the state coordinator of emergency management from May to August. Hackworth also filed legislation to allow judges, law enforcement officers, attorneys, and judges to carry concealed weapons in areas where they may otherwise be prohibited. And finally, distilleries would be allowed to sell products directly to consumers via the Internet, if a bill from Senator Frank Ruff becomes law. Ruff is a Republican from the 5th District. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for another subscriber-supported public service announcement. The Charlottesville Jazz Society at seavillejazz.org is dedicated to the promotion, preservation, and perpetuation of all that jazz. And there's no time like now to find a time to get out and watch people who love to play. The Charlottesville Jazz Society keeps a running list of what's coming up at seavillejazz.org. This Thursday, the Charles Owens Trio will play Potter's Craft Cider. And on Saturday, the Eric Franzen Trio plays at Early Mountain Vineyards. Sign up today to see the rest.
two segments today, including one piece of breaking news that I'm squeezing in right here. January 3rd had been the expected reopening day for the Smith Aquatic and Fitness Center in Charlottesville, but further repair is needed for the facility, which opened in 2010. However, a release went out this morning that now states that Smith will remain closed until a spring 2022 reopening. The Smith Center has been plagued with ventilation issues since soon after it was opened. According to a 2015 Daily Progress article, the facility closed for several weeks in 2015 for installation of new exhaust systems. The pool closed again in April 2019 for repairs and was slated to be closed in the spring of 2020 for a $1.8 million repair that has not yet been completed. Certainly, there are some questions to be asked here about this facility. And finally today, the winter storm yesterday ended up canceling all three of the government meetings scheduled, including the Albemarle Architectural Review Board. That gives me time to go back to December 20th when that group last met. That's when they weighed in on a self-storage facility proposed for the intersection of US 250 and Crozet Avenue. Margaret Malashevsky is a planning manager who works with the ARB. The proposed building is three stories tall with a 30,000 square foot footprint. The building is shown on the plan, uh, as shown on the plan, measures 260 feet by 120 feet. Staff is concerned about the size of the building in relation to what's around it. Malashevsky said the developer submitted a design with architectural treatments intended to break down the design, but she continued to have concerns with the preliminary design. The property is zoned for highway commercial, so the use is allowed, but must comply with entrance corridor guidelines. Doug Bates is a member of the Downtown Crozet Initiative and the Crozet Community Advisory Committee. During public comment, he said the project is not consistent with a Crozet master plan that seeks to build larger structures closer to downtown and not on US 250. I can't think of a more important corridor that uh, to deal with Crozet. And I would urge this uh, architectural review board to to consider your uh, broader responsibilities to keep the community uh, coherent. Another member of the public urged the county to deny the whole proposal. Brenda Plants is a former member of the Crozet CAC. I think we're giving too much importance to buy right and not enough to what really needs to go there. It's a scenic highway. However, Virginia law is clear that property owners are entitled to uses laid out in the zoning code, as explained by ARB Chair Dade Van Der Werf. I think I can speak on behalf of the board to say we certainly appreciate and share the appreciation that this is a significant intersection on these entrance corridors. Um, and I think that our charge on the ARB uh, aligns with the desire for coherence in the uh, order of the county. Um, we are not empowered uh, to affect zoning or use. Uh, that's, that's covered, obviously, by the planning uh, and other commissions. However, ARB members did express concerns, such as this one from Frank Stoner. I, uh, I too, uh, struggle with the scale of this building. Um, <clears throat> it's... Uh, 30,000 square foot footprint. Um, it's, it's very close to the intersection. If there was a way to push it back on the site and make it sort of an ancillary use to something more appropriate uh, that was on the corner, I, I, I think I could be supportive. 
ARB member Fred Missel also wanted to look very closely to see how the entrance corridor guidelines could be applied at this location. In my opinion, this project is precisely an example of what the guidelines were designed to help us guard against. Um, and, you know, I think we have to not only take seriously our guidelines, but also ask the applicant to spend a significant amount of time looking through our guidelines, really understanding them, uh, reflecting on them and addressing them both, you know, visually and also narratively the next time we speak. And if it's in a work session, which I think is probably smart. Missile said the ARB cannot comment on the use, but said the scale is incompatible with the county's guidelines. The ARB voted 4-0 to zero on a resolution stating their lack of support with one member recusing himself. Recommendations to the applicant included trying to make the building seem more like a two-story building and looking at other buildings along the corridor to find compatibility. And that's the end of this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for January 4th. I am now going to search out some Missourian spaghetti, and I'm going to go ahead and read a book so I can get ready for some quizzes or something. Actually, none of that's going to happen. I'm going to start getting ready for the next installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Every single installment is intended to bring you information, and when we get things like a winter storm and things change, then the topics for the show change. And I do hope that everybody out there is safe, uh, and I hope that power can be restored for as many people as possible. And I will try to keep documenting that. Do follow other news sources. Uh, It's not just me out there. There's lots of folks, and I never claim to have the sole source of anything. It takes a community of journalists to pull all of this stuff together, especially when we find ourselves in times of trouble. There's a song here somewhere. I will be back tomorrow. If you want to support, though, this particular brand of information, you can do that by subscribing through Substack. The company Ting will match that. You can get a list of all the ways to support the show by going to infoseville.com. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host. That's the answer to the quiz at the top of this one. Please stay safe out there, be warm, and help other people out if you can. That's always a good way to go about your day and your life. Stay safe. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.